You're listening to Fresh Ideas for Teaching. Hi, everyone. This is Walter. The Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast is presented by Savas Learning Company. Welcome to our Science of Reading in Action podcast series. I'm here with my colleague, Sarah Von Heel, Literacy Marketing Manager at Savas Learning and a former classroom teacher at Seminole Public Schools in Florida. Sarah, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. I'm thrilled for our special guest today, literacy author and expert, Dr. Sharon Vaughn. Dr. Sharon Vaughn gave a passionate presentation at our recent Science of Reading Summit to a captivated audience of master teacher fellows from across the country, and everyone left really inspired. Can you tell us a little bit about Dr. Vaughn? Yeah, it was such an honor to have Dr. Vaughn present at our Science of Reading Summit. She is the executive director of the Meadows Center for Preventing Educational Risk at the University of Texas at Austin, and she's the author of numerous books and research articles that address the reading and social outcomes of students with learning difficulties. We're honored that Dr. Vaughn is an author on My View Literacy, our K-5 Literacy Solution. We got a chance to interview Dr. Vaughn after her presentation, and she dove into the body of research that is the science of reading. She offers really good practical ways that educators can apply that research in today's elementary classrooms. That's so great. All right, let's listen into that interview. The science of reading has led us to many very interesting and promising pathways. One of the ones I see a lot is that schools are asking questions about how it is that children learn to read words. And there was an understanding for a while that children could learn to read words by people doing such things as pointing to pictures and asking them to use those pictures to read words. But we've really shifted. We understand from the science of reading that learning to read, unlike learning to talk, is not a natural process. It's something that has to be acquired through very systematic and appropriate instruction. And so what we've kind of learned is that we have sounds in our language, which we refer to as phonemes, and we have more sounds in our language, we have about 44, than we do letters. And so for that reason, we learn how these various sounds called phonemes map to the letters. We think of that as the alphabetic principle. And this basic understanding of the alphabetic principle is really one of the elements of the science of reading that's catching on. And so what you'll see is that teachers, particularly teachers in kindergarten, first, second grade, are really utilizing these elements of phonemic awareness and phonics to provide better and stronger instruction for their students. So I take you back a little bit to how we believed for a very long time and for good reason that if we implemented something which is often referred to as balanced literacy, that we would be very productive and successful in teaching to read. And actually, the ideas behind balanced literacy were quite sound. I mean, the idea of balancing the various components of literacy to align with the needs of students. So for example, if you had children in your class whose word reading skills were low, the way you would balance your literacy is you would emphasize word reading, decoding, and various foundation skills more. If you had students who had underdeveloped vocabularies, you would spend more time and more emphasis on vocabulary instruction, including read-alouds and various mechanisms we have for promoting vocabulary. The same thing is true for all of the components of reading. In other words, we look at these components of reading, such as phonemic awareness and phonics, fluency, vocabulary, comprehension, spelling and writing. We think about the developmental needs of our students, that is what grade they're in and the expectations. 
and what they know how to do, and we balance that to suit them. Makes sense, doesn't it? Unfortunately, the way in which balanced literacy has been translated into many programs and approaches has not yielded the outcome that we thought. In other words, what we see instead is that some aspects of literacy are overemphasized and some aspects of literacy are underemphasized. That may be why we now see a push towards phonemic awareness in phonics. In fact, many people say, is the science of reading anything more than phonics? And the answer is absolutely yes. And in fact, what we know is that many of the elements of promoting comprehension, understanding the text that the student is reading, have been also poorly taught. And the science of reading has a lot of guidance for how we go about promoting vocabulary and comprehension development. So as we think about the science of reading, what are some of the things we might worry about? Well, if we learn lessons from balanced literacy, one of the things we might worry about is that it becomes unbalanced or unstable. That is to say that we don't consider all of the elements. We don't consider for whom and under what conditions these elements need to be leveraged. And we begin to come up with generic rules governing all students, all teachers, all situations. And if we know anything about education, whenever we say all should for all students, we are always wrong. So we need to come with the science of reading, with the good sense of how we implement what we have learned. Very importantly, we don't neglect what we already know that's right. In other words, do we need to lose some of the ideas about reading that we have been implementing? Yes. Do we need to lose all of them? Oh, geez, no. Teachers know a lot and they do a lot of things well. We want them to hold on to those things and carry them with them as they begin to integrate the science of reading. In this way, we will be able to maintain the science of reading as a tool that is effective for students and is also feasible for teachers to implement. As we think about learning to read, we think about the variety of text types that help us both promote and expand learning to read. So as I learn to read, for example, a consonant-vowel-consonant word like sat, what I need to do is learn how to practice the words and the related words to the phonics elements that I've just been taught. Some people might call that decodable text. So we want to be sure that students have access to those decodable texts so they can practice the phonics elements that they're learning. However, what we don't want to do is have students only read decodable texts because there are a variety of components of the science of reading that can be ascertained from a broader range of text types. So let's take that then to listening to read alouds or listening comprehension. Here's what we know. Students 
can listen to texts that are read at a higher level than they can read. So if I'm in second grade, I can listen to a text about a biography that might be at the third or fourth grade, particularly if key vocabulary and key ideas are pre-taught to me or are enhanced as the read-aloud goes on. The advantage to this is that I am then exposed to much more robust vocabulary, much more challenging words that allow me to grow my vocabulary, which is, of course, essential, but also give me a lot of background knowledge so that as I begin reading more and more challenging texts myself, as I become a better reader, I have the background knowledge I need to understand those texts. So, as you said, we need to think a little bit about the texts we hear that are read aloud, the texts to which we are exposed, and how they might enhance our knowledge of vocabulary and background knowledge for future reading. But we also need to think about the texts that we are reading. Some of them, of course, we want to be decodable, aligned with the phonics elements we are taught. Some of them need to be at a level we can read that introduce new words so that we can practice generalizing some of the rules we've learned. But all of this is done in mindful ways that are responsive to the learning needs of students. And let's not forget, our schools are more culturally and linguistically diverse than ever before. Thank goodness. And what a wonderful opportunity to introduce these kinds of experiences to students so that these shared knowledge and understanding of a range of cultures, a range of languages, and a range of community experiences are available to the students in our classroom. A time to celebrate. So let me just say this, because I think this will help all of us think about what we want to do in third, fourth, and fifth grade. When we look at large studies of samples of third, fourth, and fifth graders, and we look at the causal mechanism behind their reading challenges, what we learn is that even though what we see is problems in comprehension, these studies have unraveled that the source of that comprehension difficulty is both the inability to read words, that is what we would think of as decoding our phonics, and the inability to read these words both accurately and with sufficient fluency and with knowledge of vocabulary, that comprehension is the end result. So the lesson we've learned from these studies is that if we focus only on comprehension, we will inadequately prepare third, fourth, and fifth graders to be successful readers. For example, many third graders require multisyllable word instruction in which they understand how to read base words and the affixes associated with those base words to derive meaning. Further, these multisyllable word lessons can provide students access to some of the more challenging words, thus building their word reading and vocabulary. All of this is fodder and important um, foundation for allowing these same students to access comprehension. So is comprehension instruction necessary in third, fourth, and fifth grade? 
Yes, it is. Is it sufficient? Usually not. Most third, fourth, and fifth graders also require other components of reading, such as word reading instruction, vocabulary, and fluency. And, as I always say, don't forget spelling. Many of us realize that as we look at the very challenging orthography of English, that one of the barriers from students getting to a word they know, meaning they can use in their oral vocabulary, to a word they can read, that is that when they see it in print, they can decode it, is spelling. Because the orthography of our language is very opaque. And what that means is that the sounds of our language do not map perfectly to print. And because of this sort of challenge of English, beautiful language, hard to read. One of the bridges that helps students connect their oral language and written language reading is spelling. So we don't want spelling to go crazy and be done all day long, but we sure want it integrated as a connection between their oral language and print. What I would say to teachers coming to the science of reading is don't be afraid of the language science of reading. Don't be weary. Don't wonder about what you've done wrong all these years. Come emboldened to take on new elements that will make you a much more powerful and impactful teacher. You know a lot. Hold on to what you know. Hold on to the effective practices. Dismiss and relinquish. Do not be shy about giving up things that you thought were good ideas and effective but are not. And replace them with the tools of the science of reading so that you are even a more refined, more successful teacher than you have ever been before. That was so informative. Dr. Bond provides so many great insights on the science of reading. I hope our listeners were taking notes. I'm sure we'll get a chance to connect again with Dr. Vaughn in future episodes. So listeners, stay tuned. Thanks for joining me today, Sarah. Thanks, Walter. Really looking forward to continuing our Science of Reading in Action podcast series. That's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to Sarah Vaughn Heal and Dr. Sharon Vaughn for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast. Until next time. The Science of Reading in Action podcast series is presented by Savvis Learning Company, a next-generation learning company providing award-winning solutions for grades pre-K through 12. To learn more, visit savvis.com forward slash science of reading today, and you can keep the conversation going by following us on social media at Savvis Learning.